Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we get to delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today I'm excited to bring to you the letter B as part of our A to Z of improv special series which is going to be running through the year and I'll be discussing the letter B with returning show guest, friend of the show, Dave Hodgson. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means you can ask Alexa to play the show. In fact, we're available uh, wherever, so you can ask whatever home speaker you've got to play the show. Just give it a go. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. And now it's time to go off script and delve into the letter B on our A to Z of improv. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our second A to Z of Improv Special. Today, we are focusing on the letter B, and this wasn't actually um, what I was planning with the release schedule. Uh, I was going to intersperse a couple more of our traditional get-to-know improviser episodes, and I had some lined up, but over the last few weeks, uh, people's schedules have, have been all over the place, and things have been changing, and I had a lot of last-minute dropouts. But fortunately, uh, we have a superhero of improv who has come in to save the day, and we've decided we're going to do this special focusing on the letter B. So please welcome to the show. He's a returning um, guest of the show. He is one of the longest-serving uh, members of LCI. He goes right back to the early days of LCI. He is uh, an integral uh, part of Flincher Funny Bone Improv as well with Seki and I, and he is also an oika. Please welcome to the show. It's Dave Hodgson. Yeah, thanks for having me back as well. Oh, it's uh, great to have you back, and thank you so much for stepping in and doing this for me. Yeah, uh, it's going to be quite an interesting one, the whole A to Z of improv. Yeah, it's... It's, it's something that I'm really happy to be doing and I've loved seeing everyone's suggestions that have been coming in and today we're focusing on the letter B and if this is the first time you are listening then I put some posts out a while back, some through the show, some personal posts on Facebook and things and just ask people when you think of improv, all of the different letters of the alphabet, what different words come to mind and I've collated a sort of a top 10 or there or thereabouts for each letter. And today we're going to focus on the letter B. And we'll jump straight into it. The first uh, word on my list today to discuss is boundaries. So Dave, boundaries in improv. What comes to mind when I say the word boundaries? Um, it's something that's kind of like a good good thing, especially if you are relatively, well, it doesn't matter if you're relatively new to improv or whether you've been doing it for quite a while. Knowing where, I, I see it as kind of knowing where you stand with people, because you, again, particularly with new people you, who are new to improv, you don't know what what potentially they are going through because because improv is so spontaneity has a certain degree of spontaneity about it it's it's in the moment you don't know 
what you what you might say how that might affect someone so how setting out clear boundaries um sort of from the get-go helps create what i believe to be a safe space so people can come along the new to improv or even experienced improvisers can come along and knowing that there's the boundaries there so sort of the whole punch up not down which has been said um Emma says it quite a lot in LCI. Um, yet also, um, yeah, it's just kind of just being able to sort of not not degrade anyone because of certain things that are out of their control. And knowing essentially where you stand with people, that's kind of how I see boundaries. Yeah, it's a good way to see it. Boundaries are very important in particular, I think, with drop-ins, because if you're in a troupe or if you're doing a course and it's like an ongoing thing and you're working with a set group of people constantly, then it's not something you necessarily have to come back to. I mean, we always do check-ins, whether we're doing an Oikos session or uh, just getting a group of improvisers together that have known each other for a long time. It's always good to check on people's boundaries. But I think when there is a drop-in session and there's always new people uh, coming in all the time it's really important to to hammer home the importance of giving people the opportunity to say what their boundaries are and also letting people know that maybe maybe you don't have to say right now what your boundaries are because maybe you don't know but when you discover what they are then then speak up it's it's perfectly fine to say nothing at the start as well, but then have the confidence later on to say, oh, actually, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. Maybe you didn't realize it beforehand. Uh, so just a safe space, like you said, a comfortable place where people feel that they can really just sort of let their guard down and let their creative juices flow. Yes. For me, most most of what I, most of my improv have kind of just been kind of easy with everything. One or two things do kind of say, or I'm, I will say, look, these are my boundaries. You know, it's for me, it's with, because um, I'm autistic, um, anything to do with hidden disabilities, that's kind of like, for me, that's a no-go. Um, also, I, I lost a family member. So anything to wrap around the loss of a loved one or anything like that, that's where I might just, just say, look, I've got it. Can we just change the subject that, that they're, they're the main sort of boundaries for me that are, that are personal to me so i'll just say look can we not can we avoid those kind of things yeah and i think a good improviser is not going to be flustered by someone asking for a quick change or can we sometimes there's a word or you might have, have a phrase that you know oh they're not comfortable with that or they might just outright say oh i'm not comfortable with that and depending on what you're doing maybe you could just stop what you're doing right there and just move on to like a completely different thing or if you've got a scene going you can just oh yeah you just new choice it and come up with something else and you know i've seen that happen quite a lot where it just gets new choice you, you carry on the scene and uh, i think there's an understanding that when when someone steps over a boundary you know i i'd like to think that the majority of the time it's an it's an accidental step over that boundary and no one is going out of their way to offend other people or hurt other people and there's just that that sense 
that everyone has got each other's back in improv and no one no one's going to intentionally sort of go out of their way to step over boundaries and if it does happen then there's no hopefully there's no conflict about that it's just okay this has happened moved on sometimes if it's if it's a dropping class in particular or or it's a class of some kind and there is a facilitator that is leading that session it has to become a teaching point you know you can't just sweep it under the carpet and move on because people have to learn as i said yeah it's all about just saying right okay they they come and just new choice it just fear in and vast majority of the time it's quite easily just okay sorry about that new choice it so okay we've gone from this bit to a new location to another one it's and it, the scene carries on you know it's fast that that's where yeah as, as long as again as long as you have have each other's back that's and the boundaries have been sort of i find set set before it it gets to that so hopefully it doesn't get to that yet if it does you can knowing that before for the on the offset you can quite easily go okay slight slip of the tongue there so or yeah so then you can just turn around and rescue the scene so and switch it in another another direction yeah i think we've uh, covered boundaries nicely there uh if people want to speak more about boundaries or hear more chat about boundaries, there was a previous episode of this show uh, all about boundaries. Um, so you can go back and check that show out. But we're going to move on. Uh, we've got boundaries covered and we're moving on to our next word, which is boldness. Boldness. Yeah. What do you think of that? Um, I find it, it kind of, for me, have it, you know, it's being bold, bold to say, attempt you know an accent you know being bold to um let loose kind of become another character so if experience you know expect um, being bold to experiment with certain physicalities that you wouldn't normally do in a scene because um something i probably don't do what well, something I would like to do is kind of in, like singing improv type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I find people who do that are, are quite well, confident. That was probably next letter when that comes around. Mm-hmm. Although it's, it, they're quite bold, being able to sort of bold, assure themselves and being able to go, right, I'm doing this. I think all of that, yeah, it, it works really well it hits the nail on the head but also just turning up to a session maybe that very first session that takes a level of boldness just to sort of have that confidence in yourself to say yeah that's something i I actually want to have a go at i think it might be good or i don't know what to expect but i'm gonna walk through that door and and i'm gonna see what it's all about and also also it's like a lot of what i've done initial well with improv has been short form and that was initially my what i thought all improv was about you know seeing doing that kind of short form games and then seeing obviously whose lines are anyway that's my that was kind of my interpretation what that's improv nothing else you know and then as soon as they sort of said actually there's there's other 
forms of it. There's like long form. So taking making the leap from short form games into long form can also be quite bold as well, because it's again you're going from snappy two, three minute scenes to something that's about 20, 30 minutes long. Yeah. And how about doing shows as well? So we as the Oikers, we we formed as a troupe through LCI and we did like a nice string of shows that Emma was the host and, and we were all sort of protected in that little LCI bubble. And then we made that decision to go out there and find our own gigs and, and do our own thing and, you know, run our own sessions where we meet every other week and that's still going strong. So that is bold as well, making that decision to really give being a troop a go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, we know, we also know that if we are stuck for things, we know we can turn to, we've got a prefer of like people we can turn to. We can maybe speak to Emma about, you know, what do you think about this? Um, we can maybe speak with other groups like Broken Share, see if like getting them into the, you know, join join with us as well. So it's boldness can be going out on your own to do something, yet also it can be saying, okay, let, let's see who can help us put on a great gig as well. Yeah. And just having having the confidence to try something and know that, yeah, it might not actually go as we plan, but it might go better than we plan. It might go just exactly as you plan. So I think back to last August when Seki and I ran our first Flincher Funny Bone event and we had all sorts planned and it, and it was a great night and so many incredible things happened and including uh, me proposing to her. But when we did reflect on it after, we, we realized, oh yeah, there was so much good about that, but there's also things we need to tweak. So when we do our next one that's coming up, we've sort of got rid of some elements, changed some things, and we're putting the focus more on, on the improv than the extra entertainment that we had last time. And that all stems from just being bold to give something a go, and then you can always reflect and change, uh, but you've got to, You've got to get stuck in and, and do something for the first time or maybe the second, third, fourth, 17th time, whatever, uh, to just sort of constantly be on this journey of growth. And yeah, it all stems from being bold to begin with. Being bold to take essentially that first step, which is um, whether that's from an individual's perspective or from our perspective being not only part of the Oikas, but also Flinch Funnybone as well, saying, okay, let, let's let's do this show. You know, we know what, you know, you know what you can sort of say keep. And then, as you said, trim things down a bit and just go, yeah, we're going to keep the bulk of it. You know, if it's, say, purely an improv night, keep it purely an improv night. And then, and then maybe then take things and say, well, okay, we did do a combined stand-up improv night can we still do it again you know and it's having that boldness to sort of chop and change and say yeah okay we're that might not have worked the first time or it did work it did work maybe it didn't if it did work what can we do to say well okay let's maybe just trim it down to one comedian stand-up comedian the rest improv or one improv group 
one one stand-up. It can have all different permutations about how bold you want to take the next gig. Yeah, so boldness is very much an essential ingredient to every improviser's life, I think. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. So we're moving on to our next word. I say word, this one is, um, it's a few words together, building a scene. Yeah, so building a scene kind of has the, has the who, the what, the where. So it's kind of, in short form, you've got to go, when you build the scene, you've got to essentially establish things like, you know, who's your character? Who's your scene partner's character? What, you know, how do you know each other? You know, how do you know each other? Um, where are you in that, in that specific moment? And everything's got to be, and in the building process, you've got to know, you know you've got to essentially maybe have a bit of a history your characters have got to have a bit of history and going back to something Seki said for the letter A is yes anding. Mm-hmm. Um yes anding. So someone comes in with a scene someone comes in with a suggestion saying, right, I'm gonna help this building of the scene is going to center around a laundrette. And that's what you know, straight away that's where you are. You know, you've set you've set this you've started with the foundation of where you are in in the scene next bit is you're saying well okay my character's name is bob and i'm endowing my scene partner with the name carl and then straight away next part the next layer of the scene has been built so to speak and then you know how do you know each other you you may be like oh you know old classroom you know oh went went to the same high school or something like that and you're meeting up for the first time in 20 years in this just so happens to be in this laundrette and those are kind of sort of how you build in short form you build it literally within the first 15 20 seconds long form you get get the chance to sort of build it out the scenes are built out or even an entire plays built out over a longer period Whereas your short form, it's got to be kind of concise that first 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. And I think so short form games tend to have built into them. You know, this game is, is played with this very strict set of rules and that can often help to sort of establish some of the the characters or the, the scene and all that kind of thing, which means that you, you don't, have to work so hard to establish it and build that scene because those bricks are in place because of the nature of that short form game. Whereas long form, as you said, that is a bit of a different animal. And the way that you build that scene is very different. You don't have to rush to discover all of these things. Whereas short form, you you need the audience to be very quickly on board with who you are, where you are and what's going on for them to enjoy that game. Whereas that long form process of building that scene together, it, it it's a very different, it's a very different thought process. It's, it's a very different set of skills really for people that have never done long form or seen long form. Cause lots of people only know short form improv. 
I think if they were to see long form, like I prefer short form, but I think there's something very magical about long form and the way that you can build these incredible scenes together, whether it's one person, it could be one person doing it by themselves. It could be two people. It could be a whole team of people, but the way that you can build a scene in long form, it's a very different process to short form. Uh, yeah, uh, when uh, when to go and see um, Broken Chair at Hanky Pankies in Chester, they I think it was after after the first break they did something that they do, didn't normally do, which was create a um, it was their version of a rom com. Yeah, and it was like that's a very good example of how long form differs from short form. You know, they took the idea of, okay, it's going to be a rom-com, and then they built it in the sense of they, they, they've built the foundations of the characters to begin with, and then gradually they said, right, okay, these characters have got a secret. What will that be? You know, sort of thing. And then, you know, one or one of them's got a secret. What's it going to be? How did, How's that going to... And then how's that going to influence the scene going forward? Yeah, and that takes a, a certain degree of boldness, you know, to to be an established troupe, to to have all of these um, great ways of working, great uh, ways of doing your long form, and then to get a show and say, actually, we're going to do something new in a show that we've never done before. You know, that in itself is bold. Link it back to our other word, and uh, and it's it's fun to find new ways to build scenes. And I'm going to link into our next word here as well, because a lot of these words do link together. The next word is breathe. And I think a long form set offers a lot more opportunity for a scene to breathe. You know, it's a marathon, really, a long form scene, whereas a short form, it's more of a sprint. Yeah, because short form, you got <laughs> you have maybe two, three minutes in which the first 15 to 20 seconds is very much as we kind of talked about just just then, you've got to kind of establish that establish who your characters are, where they are, the relationship quite quickly. And then having that, as you said, expanding that 20, 30 minutes to sort of find out essentially those nuggets of information about who your characters are, where they are, what's that secret that that they, you know, they've been keeping since the first half or whatever it was that and it can be essentially being allowed to breathe to breathe out the scene breathe out the play that you're creating can can often bring just as much laughs as something that's instant like in short in short form yeah but it, in short form as well like letting a scene breathe can be really important and and silence can generate so much laughter uh, and it can it can really take a scene in a particular direction, but I think certainly for newer improvisers, it takes it takes a while to maybe get your head around the fact that it's perfectly okay to be on a stage and, and not be speaking. You don't have to speak. Your scene partners don't have to be speaking. There can be a lot that comes from the stillness. It can just be physical things that you're doing there's different ways to to let a scene breathe and yeah they're just some of the intricacies that uh, improvisers are, are 
new to improv they it just takes a little while i think and some people pick it up a lot quicker than others obviously but letting a scene breathe whether it's a short form or a long form and the way you let them breathe can be very different uh, but yeah equally very important um there's one game which i think in short form that is really good athletic scene breathe is the i think it's like three lines it's it's it, the premise of the game is that you each player has just three lines to say you know you've got say two minutes to deliver those lines and that is probably a perfect example of a game where you can breathe that you know drawing it out being able to breathe knowing okay i'm going to put my first word in here or first seat first line in here then i'm going to and then you kind of have, depending on who you're performing with they can sort of go oh yeah this is how it's going to be i'm going to bring in my line here respond here i don't have to respond straight away i can respond straight away and the whole breathing things out can sometimes if you end up doing it quite quickly you've then got literally maybe 90 seconds to of literally just silence whereas if you're just allowing it giving you a chance to just not necessarily say your work say your sentences straight away you can go down the route of just saying right i'm going to just step back a bit we're just going to do some like my you know physical like physical work to allow it, things to and then be like say my line here or insert line here at this point yeah and this nicely links to our next word slash phrase because uh, the next word well the next one is a phrase um it's because you said that i'm saying this so that is uh i had a few people suggest something very much along those lines that was the, the final phrase that i settled on but yeah the word because and the phrase because you said that i'm saying this and like you said with that that particular game there you know you've got your set things you're going to say them and the, the amount of time you leave between those phrases is very important uh, but equally you know sometimes in that game you've got three things or however many things depending on the version of the game you play but you get to pick which one you say when you say it um so listening to your scene partner whether it's a short form game whether it's a long form scene listening to what they say really focusing on, on what their character is all about and then delivering anything that you want to say that's very important you know th that teamwork element that not just oh you're saying one thing i'm just going to do my own thing but very much oh you said that so i'm going to build on that yeah the um because you said this i i said this is very much it, it's that game where you say it's all about yeah it's all about listening to what what you know your scene partner or scene partners said and if it's like a group warm-up where you, you do that thing where you go around say give a word relate just say say the words relate to the person just before you and it's yeah i said this because you said oh yeah, yeah. you know or it could be a case where I, you know, I said fish because you said trawler or something like that. You know, it's, you know, because I, 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 I said fish because the word I associated fish with was trawler. 
or it could be I said fish because you said chips or something like that. Yeah. It it's can it can be done in the sense of that phrase can be done in the sense of like a word association style game, as well as you could interpret that in the sense of a scene. Yeah, it's it's an interesting warm up game to play actually because when we do something like oh you said that because i said that because you it's all about that first word that comes into someone's head often i'm surprised at what people will say because it's not the first word that comes into my head so when you take that into consideration and then you think of it in a scene context you think oh yeah like only that person can take that scene in that particular direction because only that person will have that unique thought and that's what's that's what's really special about improv because every single time it's different and depending on who's in that scene together and even if you've been in a scene with a person or people countless times you can never preempt the thought process of the individuals that you're playing with it's all it can also just be about um being gifted some you know you know been gifted something and how you know how you know if the gift is essentially this and then i've you know you've then taken it oh that's a great gift thank you i'm gonna take this and carry it on with with say what you said you know what someone what someone said is like a gift and take it essentially in a certain way yeah, because everything someone says in a scene is a gift, really. And sometimes you could be in a scene and you're very confident thinking, I know where the scene is going. Great. And then all of a sudden you get a curveball and you're like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. But that in itself is a gift because now your brain is having to think very quickly on the fly and think, oh, I thought it was going to go this way, but now it's going that way. Uh, so I'm just going to say goodbye to all of the 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 little thoughts I just had and say hello to all of these new thoughts that have just been sparked by the words that just came out of that person's mouth. Yeah. It, it, and obviously, uh, it also ties in actually with boundaries as well. Because, like, again, that's, you know, having the means to be able to say what you feel. And, again, yeah, you and, and it can be a case where you do have to then sort of think, go back to your boundaries as well, just sort of say, look, again, can we just change it? You know, if it doesn't go, if it isn't going the way you want it to, you can just say, look, again, this is, you know, it's, it's hit the roof, hits hits up the roof where my boundaries are, or you can take it again. So sort of. that, that's how also it can tie in all you know, all these things tie in. Yeah, they do. Uh, so let's move on to our next word because this ties in with everything as well. The next word is belonging. Yeah, um, for me, I I did a lot of amateur dramatics prior to improv. For me, I felt I, I felt I belonged in that, even though I might not necessarily have got like the lead part. I might not have had the lead part. I might have had multiple smaller parts. That dried up after after a while, and as soon as I sort of I guess found improv, 
that was I felt now I've got something now where I feel I do belong in something I've got this there's this community I never realized was a was a thing you know its own unique thing within the whole performance like the whole creative world I mean I did touch on it in in university not to the extent I do you know that I do now I feel now that I belong obviously with LCI I belong you know I feel I have a belonging with Flinch of Funny Bone I feel of belonging with the Oikers and it's you know as far as I'm concerned long may it continue this sense of belonging of who you know this community that I am now with yeah I think it's it's really special to feel like you belong somewhere you belong to something you feel a part of something and I think the great thing about improv as well is lots of other things like organizations that people belong to draws together very similar people, like-minded people. Whereas I find improv fascinating because it pulls together so many different types of people. And that is really one of the things that I love so much about improv because I feel very at home among improvisers. And I feel at home because I get to be uniquely me. And, you know, I realize, ah, yeah, there's other people that have similar approaches to me, similar styles to me, but they're not me. And there's loads of other people that have completely different approaches that I just love playing with or watching. And I'm like, that's what, that's what it means to belong, to just be somewhere and be yourself and not feel like you have to change to to be a certain way and i think that's what i've really come to love about the improv community and yeah i really feel that i belong and i think back to when i was a musician in my younger days i mean i guess i am still a musician i still play music um but music used to be a big part of my life but there was always this sense of i didn't quite belong in the music world and it was only because the music that I was doing with my band was was very much pop rock music and the live music scene that we were part of we wanted to play our own songs and that was something I was always adamant about I'm not a cover artist I'm a songwriter I want to share my songs with people that's what gave me joy yeah we would do some covers in our sets but it was predominantly original material and we'd, we'd throw some covers in now if you're a pop rock band i don't know if it's still the same but certainly let's let's say at least sort of 15 20 years ago when i was doing things with my band people weren't booking pop rock bands at venues to do original things if you wanted to be a covers band doing pop rock songs then yeah you're going to get loads of gigs money was going to be decent. I wasn't in it for the money. I was in it because I wanted the enjoyment of, of playing my original songs to people and, you know, having that connection with the audience of, of them hearing my music and enjoying it. Now, live music, indie music was sort of one avenue, indie bands galore 
loads of indie nights everywhere, loads of indie bands on the circuit, or heavy rock. They were sort of the two avenues available to us, really. So we were constantly booked playing to indie crowds or hard rock crowds. We didn't fit those crowds. Now, fortunately, the crowds were always um, very nice and would often come up and say, oh, you're not normally our sort of music, but you guys were actually really good, which was always very nice. Um, but, you know, occasionally you, you would get a crowd that was there to embrace the sort of music that we were doing. And they, they were special nights, but I loved music and I, I would, I would get us booked wherever I could to perform, but I never really felt like I belonged because I was always trying to convert these indie crowds or convert these hard rock crowds and say, Hey, what we're doing, it can be good. <laughs> Um, so to come to improv and instantly just be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I fit in here. I belong here. I can just come and be me and it's going to be accepted. And I don't feel like I have to sort of pander to different audiences or anything like that. That is something that I think is really special about improv. Yeah. So when, when you then go on to into group into like specific like classes like we did inevitably when we led to the oikas we we all what makes the group special and inevitably what will make like say a flinch of funny bone group special what will make broken chair special and you know each of these group and so on like glossop and so on is yeah what each member brings to it which helps make that sense of belonging even more special so whether it's pun related whether it's a physicality style of improv whether that's like a quick wit sort of sort of thing you know each group has that which we we all belong collectively within the world of improv yet each troupe in, or I should say, in each troop, you have a sense of belonging within that as well because of how closely knit you are. Yeah, and also not just when it comes to the actual improv that people are doing, but there's so many things that are involved in being in a troop that are things like marketing, like putting posters together, and what what's cool is you know, most troops they'll have someone that's really good at making posters. They'll have someone that's really good with uh, good wordplay when it comes to what you need on on your posters. You might have some people that are very good with marketing and knowing how to market in the right places and that kind of thing. You might have some people that are very good at uh, getting merchandise created and things like that. And again, that is what a way to feel a part of something is, oh, yeah, not only can I contribute to our on-stage stuff and our regular sessions, but I can use this other skill I have to help the group and it will be appreciated. Yeah, another thing, you know, some people might not feel entirely tech-savvy, yeah, what they can do is if if you feel you need to sort of have that extra boost, you can sort of just do a good old-fashioned word-of-mouth sort of thing. Well, by the way, did you know I was in the, you know, I'm in a troop or I'm doing, you know, this improv group's doing a show a couple of weeks time, you know, a great laugh sort of thing. You know, it's that, that work, 
that connecting with other people saying look you know this is what i'm passionate about you know it's just this is where i have my sense of belonging come and see it and you'll you never know you could be converted so yeah uh, a couple of weeks back we were at a show a broken chair show that seki and i had arranged in chester and there were some people there that had never seen improv before and there was a table of three i got chatting with them at the end and one of them had well in fact two of them i think had got up and taken part in our jam at the end we did a short form jam at the end and these people had never seen improv before and here they were getting up and having a go and i had a, a lovely chat with them at the end and i i discovered that they didn't know what improv was until that night and which led me to the whole how how are you even here like what led you here and it was literally they're a group of friends and they constantly like take it in turns to find new activities for them to do one of them had seen this show advertised and they thought oh yeah cool i don't know what that is but let's just go and see what it's like and there was one guy there in particular who got up and he did a scene with me and he'd never done improv before and he was really good he just instantly got it and I had a lovely chat with him afterwards and his eyes were like so wide he was like wow i didn't know that this was a thing i didn't know it existed but you could tell that he instantly loved it and i was like oh wow that reminds me of me when i first sort of discovered it it was a thing that you can go and do and um yeah so hopefully he'll go to other shows or he'll start turning up at some sessions um but yeah he must have sort of had that instant sense of oh wow this is this is something i can really be a part of an instant sense of belonging yeah it's that um yeah it's very much for me for me um i guess for me i kind of knew improv and knew improv existed it was just the case of i didn't know what the um whether there was any sort of classes you could do for it until lo and behold i had a family member who's in a in a troupe um they were doing a show in liverpool uh, and there was advertisement for lci and i was like yep yeah, i'm gonna give it a go you know be bold mm-hmm. um make that first step inside the pilgrim pub over in liverpool and yeah i'm like yeah i'm gonna keep and when family a family was saying you know how did it go i'm like i'm gonna make make you know i made a conscious effort to go yeah i'm gonna continue continuously go to the classes it's helped does wonders for my confidence helps train my brain which can be quite chaotic to sort of focus on thing like focus on now focus on what's going on now and build something yeah for me as well i i've been aware of improv basically my whole life i've improvised since i was six but i didn't know that the improv communities existed where i can actually put these skills to use until uh, relatively uh, recent history um when i was six i used to go to my local uh, theater school on the weekends and we would always do improv games as our warm-up and that was that was for me that was that was the best part of every session i always wanted to do it and throughout my studies of performing arts over the years there were always elements of improv and they were always the things that i would attach myself to the most 
and I've taught like sort of children of various ages over the years in school and doing extracurricular things using improv techniques because it was always my favorite element of drama when I'm doing anything drama I you know I've been on stage for many years in many different forms whether it was as an actor whether it was as a musician whether it was like a host I've been a compare for loads of different types of shows I was a wrestling announcer at one point and when I look back I'm like improv was was a part of all of those things but it was it was just me maybe if if I was doing acting things and yeah it was part of other people or I'm teaching other people but when I discovered LCI and I was like wow look at all of these people doing this thing that I love it it was it was hard to explain really but yeah instantly felt like that this was 100% where I belonged and when I embraced that my life changed exponentially <laughs> for the better uh, yeah it's that I've, I've even said to said to people if I was presented with the choice of carrying on improv or going back to amateur dramatics I don't think I could actually go back to amateur dramatics because it's, it, it does improv does give you that sense of structure it does give you that sense of being able to create something in a way that's different to your standard sort of learning your lines all that kind of thing for a, for a pl actual play it goes saying well actually we're going to mix things up a bit we're going to create a play or we're going to we're going to take maybe say a shakespeare play the premise of say romeo and juliet we're going to take that and just go what if this happened and just kind of that that sense of like yeah I actually belong it yeah it's um it's create it's a freedom to create something that's different and yet modern yeah, it's it kind of hopefully does something and it's for me i kind of like that's what i like about improv and where i feel i belong with it yeah i just thought of something which i don't think i've thought of before but it's the age-old thing lots of actors don't like improv and it's because they're afraid of just being on that stage without lines that they've learned but actors actually live their life in fear because they constantly live in fear of getting their lines wrong on stage <laughs> yeah I, I have yeah that that's why for me when that when i was in amateur dramatics i would take myself away from everyone else in the changing room i'd find myself i'll go either left stage left stage right depending on where i'm going in on stage and just i'll speak in contempt of my own thought just going over my lines i just because it's that as you said that fear of not remembering you know remembering my lines and i'm just gonna probably break down and break down have a breakdown thing and i'm be profusely apologizing to whoever it was in that scene i'm really sorry I'm, i messed your cue line up i messed that up i messed that up whereas with improv i have this free you know i'm not restricted to you know i mean within the sense of like boundaries and you know setting you know, setting sort of setting your stall up, so to speak, and just being able to go right. I'm, I'm creating a scene. It's totally off the cuff. There's not no lines to learn, which is great for me. Because being dyslexic as well, that's it. It would take me seemingly forever to learn lines, and now I'm just, I'm like, yeah, I'm 
thrown the book away now, thrown a script away. So the script is my own. And yeah. So all I could just take from doing a scene is one word. And I take it, take it as a as come what may sort of thing and just go run with it. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Moving on to our next word. Our next word is believing. Yeah. Um that's again what for me I'd say improv does it helps me believe in myself. Whereas believe that as a creative that this the sky's your limit. You know, again, within within reason it can help you because I, I I did generally struggle with, with my confidence. You know, I do struggle with confidence in and it's just being able to like I think improv makes me believe that I can I can like literally conquer anything. You know? And I'm with like a great group of people of the Oikers, I go to you know, Flinch of Funny Bone, go to LCI, you know, it's just a great, all great ways to, to go, right, I believe I can do this. I can believe that, yeah, I can conquer anything almost, yes. Yeah, so it can give people a real sense of self-belief, but I also like to think of believing as I love believing in the characters that I create. When I'm in a scene, I feel the emotions of of the characters. And a good example. So the other night we were doing some long form stuff together. And there was a scene where I ended up like doing this dragon's den bit. And I I was one hundred percent into being the character that I was. And all of the dragons just weren't bothered they were just doing their own thing not paying attention to to what the picture was saying and stuff and i really felt for my character and i was like wow yeah i really believe in in this pitch i was rooting for the character i was playing he really really wanted to pitch something to these dragons and they just weren't paying any attention to him and i can think back to like many occasions when i'm in a scene and i i really believe in my character and I, I think that's important when you're on stage, because if you're believing in what you're saying, no matter how ridiculous it is, I think that really helps the audience to believe as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's being, it's being, it's having that belief that you, about being convincing enough to think, wow, that was actually, you know, because a lot of people might not necessarily believe that improv's real, you know, it's all, it's, might not believe that improvs as they say not unscripted and it's and it's like when you when you do go to a show and go well actually you've changed my mind do believe that you know it's making people believe that because what what we 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 all sit sit down before a show and go right okay this is what we're doing did this the running order and all that and yeah it's believing that you can create something without the need for any, you know, without need of any any plays or anything like that. You can just take, make people believe some something's real from just one word. Yeah, and then that, I think that is. In fact, that's so well put. We could probably move on to our next word. Um, our next word is behavior. Um, 
again, it's one of the hate um, that this can be how a character behaves within a scene. Again, that it can it, that can come from that come from that can come from say your 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 what you take as your inspiration for that scene. You know how you how your character develops how your character's behavior develops in my mind is derived from the word you know a word that in, inspires a scene it can be your behavior also goes from how you respond to your scene partner you know it's like you know you could be in the scene where somebody is basically saying well what did you do here? And your your behavior kind of becomes maybe, well, I didn't mean to do that. You know, it's like, it's like, I didn't mean, uh, it transfers. Sorry, just trying to sort of, because <laughs> behavior can be something how it, how you behave in a scene as a result of what's been said. It can be how it, um, how, yeah, what inspiration you're taking for that scene and how it develops. If that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I think the behavior as well, uh, it's also important to talk about just the behavior of people in improv sessions. You know, th there's certain etiquette. We've already spoken about boundaries and people that are constantly overstepping boundaries. You know, that's, that's bad behavior. Or things like, I remember a few months ago being at a show and there was a jam and people would get pulled out of a hat and they'd get to come up. Some of these people were performers that were performing on the evening. Some of these people were people from the audience. And there was a scene between an improviser that was there for the show uh, with, with her troupe and someone that was there as an audience member. I, I don't know if this audience member had any improv experience or whether they had just been to lots of shows or whether this was their first time. Well, in fact, I'm pretty sure from conversations that this, this person at least was a regular at this, um, at this improv night and maybe they'd been involved in other jams, but in the scene, and I have spoken about this before, I think on the show, but in, in this scene, quite early on into this scene, the audience member punched in the face, the the female that he was in a scene with. Now it wasn't like a Mike Tyson punch, but he he hit her in the face, and it was no way acceptable. But if it wasn't bad enough that I did it once, this improviser that um, was in the scene with him, by the way, she was incredible and she dealt with it really well, and. She, she tried to let it slide the first time, but then he actually then proceeded to hit her on the other side of the face to which she then stayed in character and turned the whole thing into like a lesson, like within the scene, but it was also very meta. And I don't even think that this guy fully got what was happening or what he had done was wrong he just didn't seem he didn't seem that phased by it but once it was all said and done i remember going to this this improviser the female improviser and just 
congratulating her and saying, wow, the way you dealt with that behavior was incredible. That, that could have been a really difficult thing. But this guy, he wasn't coming from a bad place. He did bad things. And the way she dealt with it, it taught a lesson for everyone else that was in that room that, yeah, his behavior wasn't acceptable. And she was such a skilled improviser that she could work this whole teaching point into her scene. But yeah, the behavior of your characters is very important, but also just the behavior of the individuals in the room when doing improv is is really important. Um, also, it's like just when, you know, bringing up behavior from an audience perspective, it can, that how you behave not only from a performance perspective and also from an audience perspective it's also can that that applies to all all aspects you know when you look at stand-up as well it's like um comedian like stand-up comedian there, there are stand-up comedians who can like literally as soon as someone gets a as soon as they get a heckle an audience member might be like their behavior is like they've had one too many to drink yeah and a comedian could literally go i see through this I'm going to put you down, you know, put you down in the sense of your behavior or highlight the fact that your behavior is you, you've crossed the line here. So, and it's like you, they, they can do have so much command over like that situation that they put it down, that they can say, right, this lesson, if you're going to come to this show, your, your behavior is kind of paramount not just from performance perspective, just from you're, you're potentially risking spoiling it for other people. Yeah, and it's, it's really important to remember, actually, if you're just going to watch improv, then, you know, be respectful. Your behavior can have a really positive impact on the people in the room, but can also have a really negative impact. If people are just there trying to enjoy the show, performers are trying to get on with their scene and they're being constantly interrupted, then that's not fun for anyone. And it's, and it's like something where, yeah, it's like uh, in that instance at that improv show, it's it's a case of, you know, the skill of that, in, of that offset improviser. It was enough to go, the audience to go, okay, you know, we see, you know, we see what went wrong here and it was just like, and then hopefully that, um, maybe that individual from the audience goes oh, was probably got sold up oh, by the way yeah hopefully apologized <laughs> yeah uh, so we've only got a couple more things to talk about the more we talk the more i realize um there's another b word happening and it's bunged my nose is getting more and more bugged up as we talk <laughs> um I've got this, uh, yeah, I've been a bit ill the last couple of weeks and I just can't seem to shift it. And uh, every now and again, I just hear my head, hear my voice more in my head and I'm like, oh yeah, that's because I got bunged up again. Uh, so beef up bunged right now. Uh, but I, one thing I, I, I've tried to do for some of the letters is pick a game that, because there's loads of different improv games and there's loads that could be spoken about. But I've, I've picked one for B which I, I think deserves to be spoken about because it's a game that a lot of people don't like playing and it's backwards interview. Yeah. Um, 
kind of also like with backwards alphabet as well. That's also it's one of those where if you know obviously if everyone knows how normal interview goes, it's like, hi, welcome to the show. Um I'm here with my interviewee. It's it's go it's starting how it, it's if you know how an interview works from start to finish traditionally you can you can look roll a deck and go, okay i know a lot of i've seen a lot of interviews happen where you can go and yeah so that's so that was it so thank you then you can sort of twist it on its head so to speak where you can say well that that was a great um because they are, well probably should say for that for those who don't know the game you you have to start start the interview where you finish or what the la the tagline that you'd finish on and then it's like it's kind of then you're feeding off the person who you've just spoken with so for example if you're the person who's in the interviewer you've got to, you start off with a with a sentence that's very much you know what you how you conclude the interview and kind of moving on how it would move on to like say another segment of the show or if it was the end of the sh or end of the show or something like that and then the person who's inter who's the interviewee has to think well, okay i've got to sort of set you know what would be my what would be the sort of penultimate thing that i would say before the interview interviewer concludes the interview and then you work back like that so eventually you both kind of find the sort of like sort of think okay it, this would be a great point to to essentially begin where it should start or end where it should begin if that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it makes sense so the thing i like about this game is it's a justification game and people don't necessarily realize it's a justification game and the the person that is playing the interviewer actually has the harder job i think because if you are the interviewee you can say whatever so you're working backwards you generally start with uh so back to you in the studio and then you'll hear from the other person that will say the last thing that they've said in the interview and then it's up to the interviewer person to really focus on what they've said and think oh what would i have said to make them say that so the person being interviewed could really play around with it. But I think I played this game where people really panic and don't want to be the person that's being interviewed because they think that that's going to be the harder role. But actually, I think that's the easier role because you can really just say whatever you want and then it falls on the host to really pay attention and focus on making sure that what they say means that what you've just said actually made sense. I. You know, I feel like, you know, you might feel oh, the interviewers kind of, or the person interviewing is more difficult. I think it's kind of, yes, it's justification, but it's also kind of, if you're in with the right scene partner, they can go, right, okay, I'm going to, you've helped me, they've, they go on the basis of, you've helped me with this, so I'm going to help you with saying something that would be sort of very, typical question you know what if this is the answer what was the question sort of thing okay 
it's that for me it's very much down to it's a it's a two-person justification game that i feel that you're you know if you're giving me this i'm going to give you this which will then hopefully make things easier you know, which will hopefully go this is the answer i would give what would be essentially the question you know i'm tr- i would try and think well okay if i was in, if i was being interviewed what would what would first of all i would be asked what what kind of questions would i ask yeah what kind of answers would i give uh, you know what kind of answers would i give that would help say say we're in that interview scene what would you know how i would always think well okay how would i make things easier for ian you know, I'd give him the que- I'd give him this kind of question. I'd give him this kind of answer, and that can, okay, I can move on. So, well, yeah, I, I, I'll give you this. You know, I wish I'd have played this game with you. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the people I've played this game with uh, think, right? How can I make this as hard as possible for it? And that's kind of the game within the game. I'm just kind of think. For me, it's very much. It's like. I always think of it like if you know it's it's one something where yeah it's it's a questions answers sort of thing, yeah. Also, I feel that to make things easier, you know, I want to make it I want to make it just as easier for whoever I'm doing the scene with. So I'll say, well, okay, that's that's kind of, or I should say, if this is the answer I give, I'm hopefully trying to word it in such a way that gives either with itself or anyone else. The chance to sort of go, okay, this is what this is what kind of question I would. If that was Dave's answer, what kind of question could I? What what kind of question would be the would respond would have that answer to it? Nice. Well, we are coming to our final uh, final B word. Well, it's two words, um, uh, and I felt that we couldn't talk about B-words without talking about this. We've actually spoken about them already a little uh, earlier on in this chat, and it's Broken Chair. Broken Chair. Um, honestly, yeah. So for me, I I knew all of them through, you know, the likes of Ange, the likes of Andre, Jan, um, Jamie, I met them all through um, through LCI long before they formed it, long before they formed as a group. Um, I can't remember how you know where they got the name from. I, to be honest, I don't know where. There is something probably you know if one of them is list if any one of the guys from Broken Chair are listening, they'll probably be able to tell you where they formed, where they got the name from. Um, they are they 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 sort of go down the route of the more long form, you know, the more long form sets rather than. Although initially they did start when when they were before they formed as a group, they did a load of like short form short form games. That's where they started, and then gradually when they formed as a group, they were they were like, you know what, we'll do long form, and. Yeah, they they have a. I find they have a very unique dynamic, which I can't explain. 
um only if you've been to a show you'll kind of go oh yeah okay yeah okay i think it's one of those things you've got to see them live to be able to sort of go yes that's that's where they that's how they take the shows and yeah I think bit, um and obviously dave elliott uh, i can't forget him because he joins he was like a recent addition to the group um or one of the recent additions to the group yeah well broken chair so they are sort of the trailblazers i feel for lci and what lci can do for you because you know we're part of the oikers and, and we went down a similar route to broken chair in that broken chair we're members of liverpool comedy improv and then they did courses together so these weren't drop-ins these were uh, courses that ran for a set number of weeks and it was th these same people constantly working together and uh, that is my understanding of how broken chair started in the same way to the, the oikers except theirs was in person and ours was online because ours was during the pandemic we've had um some broken chair members on this show previously uh, so people can go back and check out we've had and john we've had andre and we've had mart or and hannah because she's a newer addition uh, so we have had lots of um broken chair chat on this show before but for me i just think they are the best sort of long-form troupe around every time i see them it doesn't matter what connotation of them are performing they are just mind-blowingly amazing and I've been fortunate, as have you, to do lots of sort of long-form stuff with them, sort of just various places around the area, just go into sessions with friends, uh, but get into to do long-form stuff. And, you know, I learn a lot from being in scenes with them. I learn a lot from watching them. I've seen lots of long-form teams, and as you said, there's something about them. I can't quite explain what it is, but there's a certain magic to it. And I remember going to the Liverpool Comedy Improv Periscope Up show um, just before the pandemic hit and Broken Chair were performing as part of that. We performed as part of the LCI Smash team doing short form and Broken Chair were part of the build that night. And yeah, they they were amazing. And what I love as well is their format constantly changes. Every time I see them, the way that they get their inspiration for their sets has been different. So I love how they keep coming up with new ways. And you mentioned earlier that they recently did the rom-com idea and that came about. So the rom-com came from the audience. They were going to put, they were going to put like a full play together and they did this great little thing of how they could continually sort of drive the narrative of the story, which was something I hadn't seen before. And yeah, I just think they're amazing. They do long form incredibly well. They work well together. As, and you've mentioned already that there are some members of the group that weren't there originally. So they, are really good at finding the right people to sort of bring into their fold and, and, and keep what they're doing fresh. And if anybody gets an opportunity to watch Broken Chair, uh, 
then go out and and give them a watch because they are incredible. They are all improv magicians. Yeah, what I, what I also find very much like essentially with with our with our group, the Oik, is that they they all bring each member of Broken Chair has a unique style. It's like it could be that one of them is very, you know, one could have a very sort of maybe almost like um, sort of have a certain awkwardness, which is kind of great, you know, can be characterized in a certain way that really works well for this for that specific scene or moment that they're doing. Another one is very someone else is very sort of character driven. Um yeah, some of them has a very you know, you'll have someone who has a maybe innocence about them that brings out that that's brought out into again char- into the scene, the character work and it's you know it's all you know it, it, the dynamic of their group just just works you know it's what each each player brings to to the group yeah and i i think it's also a great one to finish with because you know this is the liverpool comedy improvcast it's all centered in liverpool comedy improv and Broken Chair came from Liverpool Comedy Improv. If there was no Liverpool Comedy Improv, there would be no Broken Chair because they wouldn't have come together and discovered their love for improv together and discovered that, oh, yeah, we can we can do this away from the LCI drop-in sessions, away from the classes and make it our own and go out there. And I think that's, that's awesome. You know, we experienced it with the Oikids and hopefully others will experience it you know maybe they'll be well i've spoken to some other members of lci um over the last couple of years that are in a similar position i think there are some now that i've I've done uh, some courses together and would like to maybe consider themselves a team uh, but it's all about getting getting people's schedules and things together uh, but yeah, long may it continue. May LCI uh, continually bring these people together and put them in a position where they can form their own troops. Yeah, for yeah for when Broken Chair formed, um, I'm not can't remember which day of the week that they meet up. Um, it just so happened that for them that that specific evening worked for them. Um, like for us, we found. Wednesday evenings worked for us since that's when we were doing the online classes. And so then, yeah, for any other improv group that does come through LCI, it's again, yeah, as you said, find a time that works well for yourselves. It may start in this format where we're over Zoom or if you happen to know a place that you can utilize for actual in-person meetups then go for it well there we go that brings us to the end of our letter b discussion so thank you very much dave it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show and to have all of this great chat about the letter b indeed Um, well i guess i'll finish with a, a b word i'm going to finish with the word 
Bye. Bye. Well, thanks so much to Dave. Really loved that chat, breaking down all things the letter B. And I'm really excited uh, for the other letters that are going to come your way with this series. Uh, This is actually the closest to release date I've ever ended up uh, putting one of these shows together. Um, The show comes out on Monday the 13th of February and it's currently Saturday night on the 11th of February. And Dave stepped in and did this for me. A massive favour because um, over the last few weeks I've had uh, various other guests uh, new guests for the show that I was going to be getting their improv journeys and then last minute various things have cropped up and it's just meant that uh, I was approaching a show deadline and didn't have a show so it wasn't my intention to uh, do consecutive weeks of the A to Z but I love that we've got this format and um, what a great chat that was with Dave so the letter B uh, broken down there and yeah, come back next time who knows maybe I'll have a different guest maybe uh, we'll be doing the A to Z of improv again or one of our other new show format ideas who knows uh, either way I'm really pleased that I've been able to bring an episode um, to you on schedule and I hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed having the chat with Dave now if you are interested in getting into improv or already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk you can also check us out on facebook by searching for liverpool comedy improv and on twitter and instagram we are at live comedy improv we have a facebook page specific to the show so on facebook just search for the liverpool comedy improv cast and you'll find all things show related that you could ever possibly need to see there If you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we'll make arrangements as soon as possible. Now, we've got this A to Z series, so if you're interested in coming on and talking about uh, one of the letters, then yeah, get in touch. Maybe you've never been on before, but you're not comfortable just talking about yourself, but you're happy to talk about the improv topics and this is the format for you. Uh, Get in touch. Maybe you've been on before, but you want to come back and um, discuss the A to Z or fill us in on uh, excellent things that's going on in in your improv journey since you came on the show just get in touch we are always happy to make arrangements to get all of you fantastic improvisers on the show if you're listening on apple or spotify please don't forget to give us a a five star rating leave us a positive review because little things like that really do go a long way to helping us get the show out there if you want to stalk me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Just search for at Ian Luke Jones, and you'll find all sorts of content on there, particularly on my YouTube channel. I like to push people there because there's all sorts of things from improv to music to holiday things, all sorts. Yeah, just why not just check it out? Uh, so there we go. It's been a great chat, and I'm just very happy to have been able to bring this episode to you at all. Um, Thanks. I really appreciate you, you listening and making it this far in a podcast means a lot to me. Thanks again. If you're new, just go back and listen to all of the other 79 episodes that are available. And if you've listened to every episode already, then thank you very much. And I look forward to bringing another episode your way in just a couple of weeks. So, Before I go, 
as always, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv. And yes, and...